It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come meet me at the museum with Alan and Daniel. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone, come gather round. To your favorite sound We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We'll talk the games and all the rest About the team that we love best We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long We're gonna talk about the Cardinals all night long Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, a Medlock1 on Twitter. I will guarantee you right up front, Shohei Otani is not on this episode. I don't know where Shohei Otani is. He's not here. Um, we'll just get that out of the way. Alan, how are you doing today? Pretty pretty good. The uh, yeah, <laughs> has this not been the most college football type uh, <laughs> tracking of a player? I, I I was blown away yesterday by some of the stuff that was online. Yeah, I mean i i could I have seen you know flights tracked of coaches and stuff like that that might be interviewing or whatever the case may be, but I don't think I've ever seen uh, flights for a um, major league player. Now, there's always that. <laughs> Hey, I saw X player in the airport type of thing, but um, but tra- actually trying to track tail numbers of flights, um, and it it went over as well as about you would expect, I guess. Uh, it seems to be that whatever plane they were looking at did not seem to be an Otani plane. Yeah, that just uh, uh, <laughs> it was odd, and it's and it's one of those where uh, yeah, I. I it, I, I kind of like Morosi anyway, mm-hmm. and you know to come out with the apology and whatnot. And they, I was watching MLB tonight, and they were kind of, kind of teasing around it, but they didn't want to make it such a big deal. Just, I'm sure it's a loss of credibility type situation yeah. if you make too big of a deal out of it. But, but no, it was pretty funny. And that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, I remember this whenever uh, the University of Florida was trying to get Stoops out of Norman. It's I mean, they were checking flight patterns. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. It is, and uh, it, but you know, it's also. I mean, like you said, this wasn't just like some random rumor, right? It was a national mm-hmm. broadcast or national writer saying, "Hey, this is happening." So it, he had to have some sort of sources that he at least thought sure. were reputable, right? Um, and then, of course, you know, then there's other 
writers that come out and push back on it almost immediately. And they've got their own sources. So, you know, I don't know. I think that you got to feel like the Toronto thing has at least some fire to it, but it may, it just not, just not yet. No, I agree with you on that. I mean, that's uh yeah, I mean, we can go, we're probably more showy Otani than we already wanted to talk about, but <laughs> I, I, I'm two things I want to get one off my chest a little bit. Um, I, if I was, I would feel right now that he's going to be in the LA area and probably put it like a 75% LA and divvy up the less percent right in the middle between the angels and blue Jays at this point and think that that's probably it. Mm-hmm. But I will say too, I feel like the uh, representation, and I understand that they want to uh, work and with discretion, but baseball's missed a big chance with this. And I think that that's kind of hurt them because this is, uh, and, and, and it's not necessarily baseball's fault, but it has, it's hampered the winter meetings. It's hampered everything, hampered everything. And it, when Dave Roberts came out and said something, he get he got beat up for it. I just, I don't know. It, it's just silly how it's played out, I think. It is interesting to see the the control that one person can have over the whole league, right? I mean, that you know, he, he pretty much has brought almost everything to a standstill. It, it's, you know, because very little is happening, at least at the higher levels, until Otani gets settled. And then then you've got to look at Yamamoto and, and others than that, and you kind of have this hierarchy, which makes some sense. But then again, you know, you have to feel like if you're a, you know, say the Mets now, which I don't know that they're out of it or anything, but let's just say they are. If you know you're out of it, then why are you, know, you just pivot? You know, I mean, the teams that are still in it, I get that. But, you know, yeah. Otani, especially Otani's contract is not going to be one that sets a market. I mean, it's going to be specific to him. Um, and so you move on. Now, I I was on um, Talking Sports with the Bleachers with uh, – yeah, Donald, and I forgot Donald's last name now. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> on, on the on the Gateway Sports um, uh, network. Anyway, we, he was talking. He mentioned, and I don't know if he, if it's true or not. I have not seen it anywhere else. But he said something to the effect that Yamamoto would not make his decision before Otani because of the the culture of respect of you know, elders and experience and that kind of thing in the, in the Japanese culture. Now, I don't know if that's true. I, I could understand it being true. I could believe that. Um, but if that's the case, even if Yamamoto knew where he was going to sign, which I don't know that he does, um, he probably wouldn't make that move until Otani. And Yamamoto does make an impact on some of this other stuff, right? I mean, nobody's going to sign Blake Snell until he's settled. Nobody's sure. going to trade for... Dylan's or the White Sox aren't going to put, you know, actually finalize a trade for Dylan Cease or anything like that. And, or the Mariners with any of their pitchers, if they're going to, until those guys get settled. So it is, it is one of those things where there's some stoppers to the market and it's, it's not always like that. And it's unfortunate that it's been that way this year. Um, I have heard the idea that it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a more of an issue for baseball this year, but I don't know. I mean, you might get the press for like a day or two, but you're going to get that press anyway, whenever it does happen. And, and honestly, things like yesterday, if, you know, if it kind of got into the culture of, of Twitter or anything outside of baseball Twitter, which I don't know that it did was probably more intriguing than, you know, him actually signing. Sure. No, no. Yeah, that is, that is true. I, uh, it's, um, I, I, Probably more of the of just a, this the just a down winter meetings of all the momentum is uh, was probably part of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because most yeah. of the time, I mean, I remember, I mean, I'm being in class and scrolling hardcore to refresh everything to make sure you don't miss something. Mm-hmm. And this year, there wasn't even a lot of smoke. It's because he it had such a cloud overhead of of uh, of what Otani's going to do to uh, to. Um, how much it's going to be and where he's going to go to establish not necessarily the market, but to open it up mm-hmm, to sure. the redirections to Yamamoto to Snell. And you know, the forgotten guy all in all of this is Montgomery, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some stuff about Montgomery, you know, that the Rangers might not be able to bring him back because they're not sure about their TV contract, which is much more 
in flux than some other teams. The Rangers yeah. are one of the teams that that Diamond Sports has said they probably won't cover this year, you know. Um, and so they are trying to figure that out. So, yeah, Montgomery's going to get some money from somebody, but you're right. It, it, he's kind of got in, stuck in this holding pattern for sure. Um, I don't know. There's. It was interesting. I was reading some things. You're talking about the winter meetings and not being exciting. You know, I'm reading some things because they talked about the fact of what was it? The 21 winter? No, the 20 winter meetings. I, yeah. Like when the lockout was coming. Right. And everybody oh, yeah. tried to sign everybody, you know, and it was like a frenzy for like three days or, or everybody signing before that lockout came. And I saw some ideas, I guess the league even floated an idea to the, to the union about having like a deadline for contracts. You know, it was yeah. like the Wednesday of the Wednesday of the, um, winter meetings would be the deadline for people to sign a multi-year knife. You could always just sign a, a single year after that or something like that. Uh, but the league didn't want to do it in part because it, you know, pretty much forced the player's hands a little bit. Um, afraid that they would wind up getting, you know, you could say take it or leave it type of thing. And they, they want to, you know, maximize their earnings, but that kind of thing, I mean, does add to the excitement. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think there's some, Something to be said for stretching baseball talk out throughout the winter, uh, but there is definitely something about hit, having all those things happen all at once. Sure, and it's was it the was it the rush to the lockout or was it the COVID season where free agency opened up that was a, a whole lot of fun because you had that deadline and it was really rampant for a little. I think while. it was going into the the one with the lockout. Uh, was that's it? Okay. I'm thinking there may have been a, they may have also done that with COVID, but yeah, it was you know we're going to lock them out at, you know, 1250, on this day. And everybody tried to scramble in and get their contracts in beforehand. Um, players wanted to get that security. Um, you know, owners wanted to go ahead and kind of get those guys under contract. Um, and I think that's when, I'm not sure if that's when sure. I think that's when Scherzer signed with the Mets and, uh, three or four other players did stuff and there was quite a few big contracts at that time. The Cardinals, of course, I don't think did anything, but, um, but yeah, I, it, and you know, we don't, you don't see that. I mean, it's like, you know, we've talked about it, the NFL, the NBA, everybody kind of signs on the first day and then that's it. Right. I mean, which somehow they're able to negotiate contracts in a time when they're not talking to each other, but that's beyond the, that's another topic. Um, I don't know that I would want that, but, but some, some, some deadline to, you know, maybe not stretch this out into, you know, till spring training, that might be a little bit, might be beneficial. Yeah. 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 That's uh, it's, I think it's more of the, yeah, for me, it's just the excitement to get stuff done. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely have the break and because I think there's some unsaid break, uh, un you know, it, unmentionable breaks anyway, right. where, you know, a lot of stuff didn't get done over the holidays. You understand that. And one of those situations, but yeah, that deadline made it exciting to me. I was like, this is, this is awesome. You know yeah, yeah I mean, things were flying around like crazy and, and uh, it makes a lot of sense, but you do see the player side of it, of uh, take it or leave it. You're probably going to get that more. And that probably drives a wedge further between the players and the ownership that, that still obviously exists. Yeah. Now, we'll say people like Yamamoto, uh, Imanaga, yeah. people that are coming over do have that deadline, right? They have 45 yeah. days from when they're posted to sign. And, I'm, and you know, I, I saw something about um, Yamamoto might not sign before Christmas. Well, I was like, well, if he didn't sign before Christmas, he's got to do it pretty soon after because his deadline is like the 4th of January, I think. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get closure on him pretty soon. Well, and it's funny because I, I think you and I both figured that that was going to be done relatively quickly to open everything up on the pitching side and that and kind of like we, like you mentioned earlier where Otani wasn't that big of an it, it's it, the money he's going to make and he I mean he's the unicorn because right. you know both sides of the ball the marketing aspect of of Japan you know all those things that's different than what anybody else is going to sign for but we thought that Yamamoto was signing you and I both you know off air had some text messages that said he'll go first and this is probably what's going to happen to see him still out there, I understand the uh, to waiting for the Otani deal out of out of respect, out of out, out of that region. Um, I'm still a little shocked that we here we are running into you know December 9th and 10th, and we still don't have anything, and, and that kind of surprises me a little bit, a little bit. But I will also say that you know he's one. 
it seems like it's working for him because now we're starting to hear reports of him getting $300 million, which is when we started this whole thing, you know, before he posted, we were thinking, you know, probably in the 220, 230 range. And of course, it depends on how many years you're stretching that over. But um, I, I think that if if reports are accurate, and you never know for sure, but um, that he has probably made him some money by by this whole process of, you know, has increased on you. But also, you know, he's coming to a, He's not, I mean, Otani at least has been here, right? He knows that he likes the Los Angeles area, or in theory, I guess he, he knows the Los Angeles areas, but that way, I don't know if he likes it or not. Uh, but he has some idea of the culture. He has some ideas of where he might want to play, and it's a little bit the other. Yamamoto's got to kind of feel that whole thing out, right? I mean, and he's probably going to sign an eight-year contract, so he's going to have to want to be someplace, right? And it, it maybe that's not an issue. Maybe he's just trying to maximize it, the the money aspect of things but i would also i would think that you look at it and like do i really want to live in new york for eight years is that kind of the place i want to be maybe and it very well might be a lot of people do obviously um but you know just kind of trying to figure out exactly what this is and that could take a little bit of time yeah yeah that's it's a great point and and uh yeah the, and i think there may be some redirection from some of the clubs as well i i would think that la is probably in play on both at this point, yeah, yeah. it would be in the Dodgers just because they uh, they need something. The Yankees have kind of turned into the Yankees again, so you never know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean there there could be a bidding war in some of it, but unfortunately, probably does have to do with the Otani situation. Yeah, or of course, Yamamoto's just waiting for the Cardinals to clear enough room for him to come. Yeah, to play yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that's what I'm. Yeah. Oh, he's trying yeah, to trying to see what he can take that will fit into there. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. I'm sure. <laughs> I hope I wish it was. Oh man. Well, we're in 15 minutes into a show that I thought was going to be a short one. So that shows us what we, what we can do when we get together. But uh, Cardinals did have some activity this week and we weren't really going to do a show because the, the activity they had was Yachty coming back and the rule five draft, which both of which we will talk about. Um, but um, you know, yesterday's news kind of pushed us over the edge and here we are. Um, Tyler O'Neill, after Mo had said during the winter meetings that, Hey, we're, we're listening to offers on Tyler O'Neill, um, gets moved to the Red Sox for a couple of arms. Um, and we can talk about them a little bit, but ne- not necessarily anything spectacular. One does go on to the 40 man. One goes to the minors. Um, I, Alan, I, I don't guess it was any big surprise to see that Tyler O'Neill was traded. Were you surprised where he was traded? Uh, yeah. I don't think anything would surprise me on the deal. I just, I, I, I was over a hundred percent certain that it was coming. So I, so not, the destination doesn't uh, never really popped into mind. Uh, I think that he could do well there. I mean, it's going to go two different directions. He'll either have a big year and a walk year and, and be who the Cardinals wanted him to be for years, or he'll be who he probably actually is, and he'll be hurt most of the time. Mm. You know, I, and I say that trading Verdugo out, I mean, they had a uh, they had an opening. So, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. And and uh, I had never really given the destination much thought. I just kind of feel, felt like he was going to go in a deal like this or as part of a deal to get somebody, you know, that could help the rotation. So none of it surprises me at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I hadn't really, you know, thought of a place that he would go. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say, Hey, we know what Scott Boris came out in the, in the winter meeting saying, right. That he's a, an MVP guy that has hit 30 home runs. And it's a gold glove twice. And that's, all true but you know he hasn't hit 30 he hit 34 runs two years ago he's had basically out of his six years he's had one good year and then it is the only year he's been healthy yeah but even when he's been i mean like two years ago he played almost 100 games and didn't have quite that success i mean he's you know the power's there obviously but I don't know. I think more and more that I, you look at it, it feels like 2021 was a, a real outlier. I mean, and maybe, like you said, maybe he will get healthy and, and kind of just kind of destroy the green monster and all that kind of stuff. And maybe it'll be a good place for him. Um, but I, 
I don't know. I just don't know that, you know, Mo once said that staying healthy is a skill. And if that's true, which maybe, maybe so, I don't know that switching locations will help that much. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, that's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those to where we're just like, hey, we were fired up about the potential of a six-four guy in the lineup and what he brought to the mm-hmm. team. It just wasn't in enough. I mean, it got to the point where I was a proponent of O'Neill for a long time, but last year it was like anytime there was any traction at all, he was back down with some kind of injury that you you just, I don't know, it was just ridiculous to me and is, and it grew frustrating. So, yeah, it's one of those to where yeah, you could feel like that was – pretty clearly directed at him. I, I say that as in uh, Marmol's comments and there's clubhouse comments that kind of back it up that Marmol didn't say, you know, the uh, there's, you know, Helsley was kind of open about some of those things as well. And uh, you know, it, it, it stinks. And you could also see him going and having a Rosarena type year, but I'm, I'm highly suspect on that. You know, I, I look at his game log last year. No, he started the year healthy, came into the, you know, the season healthy hit a home run on opening day. But by the time he hit his first time on the injured list, which was May 4th, so it's a month plus, right? He's hitting 228 um, with an OPS of 620, and he hadn't, as far as I know, he had one other home run. So he had, you know, that's a decent amount of playing time, right? I mean, again, yeah, we know that we're having injuries, but I mean, if you start the season and you go on through – you know, the first month or so, and you're still struggling, doesn't mean you're not going to turn it around. It doesn't mean you can't still have a good year, but I think there's a little bit of pushback that even when he's healthy and gets regular playing time, that's the idea that regular playing time and health, he's going to be fine. And sometimes that's happened, but sometimes it hasn't. And I don't know, like I said, hopefully somebody else gets something, you know, unlock something with him or he can stay healthy and he can show it. But I just don't know that he's going to be that, you know, 40 home run man that we thought he might be. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. The, uh, um, it, it was guy, he carried on that year that he was hot toward the end there. In right, 21. Right. And it was one of those, you're just like, man, this was, this is interesting. Um, but just, yeah, highly doubtful that it happens again. And, and now it sounds like it, it sour grapes from us, but you know, a change of scenery was definitely needed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, ever since, you know, O'Neill Gate, if you want to call it that, you know, from back in, in April last year, um, it just never felt, you know, and then he's been hurt and then he was all that. It just doesn't feel like he completely meshed in with that, with the group. Although, you know, everything, you, you know, you see him after the, you know, after Wainwright's 200th and he's, you know, congratulate Wainwright and everything. So I he may have gotten one well enough with the the uh the teammates but it just didn't seem like he fit the organization for whatever reason and like i said again we hope that he does well um and we'll see if he does um and it's you know again like bo said if he traded off an outfielder they'd probably get mvp votes and maybe he will but um I, i don't know it's gonna be very interesting to see how he does in a different environment are you a fan of the move for dylan carlson reasons um, because in the, I mean, the long and short of it, not only was the, uh, was there a little bit of scorched earth with O'Neill, the lineup, I, they, I don't think they didn't want to take the gamble on O'Neill when they feel like they may have an outfield in place already. And 
it kind of tells me that they may kind of believe in Carlson bouncing back. Well, I, I think they probably do. They've already said that, but they've already said that Carlson's going to be the fourth outfielder, which it becomes difficult to bounce back if you're not playing regularly. Um, but I also think that, you know, they have Carlson under more control. I mean, O'Neill was a free agent at the end of the year. So, and he's cheaper. Um, I think, you know, if they had gotten a good deal on Carlson, if somebody would wanted to pay for his potential, that they might've gone ahead and made that move. But otherwise it was easier. I don't think they would have made this kind of move on Carlson, you know, some sort of, you know, middling reliever type of move. I think that if they couldn't get, you know, something of value, whether it was a, a young starter that maybe had had its, his troubles, but had some control, um, they just would have held on to it, which is what they did. So I, I, I don't know if it's a vote of confidence in, in Carlson, but it's, if they started him in the outfield, I think that would be the, the vote of confidence, but it's definitely, you know, better than the alternative. Sure. 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 And that's, and that's a good point. I, I, I kind of felt like both maybe moved and, and, you know, mm-hmm. it is December, so you never know, but uh, yeah, they kind of seem to double down with that. And, uh, and, and like that uh, flexibility, probably to sit, to make sure when can succeed, you know, or, you know, perform at an everyday level. You know, I, I think that they kind of, that's what they, they wanted out of this outfield move more than anything too, because of the Edmonds flexibility, but they did double down and definitely say that Edmonds is their option in center field. Huh? Yeah. I mean, Mo said that he said as of today, the outfield would be Newt, Edmund, Walker, um, which, yeah, I have questions about. But, you know, um, but that's, you know, that's the way they want to run it. Now, I will say this move does help you. I don't want to say it frees up a spot because it doesn't. But it allows for... It allows easier the promotion of Victor Scott to if and when he's ready. Now it's still yeah. going to be away again. I don't. Th- I don't think he's coming up till September at best because he's still got some stuff to do. But you know, if for some reason he surprises people or he has a kind of like Mason Wynn just kind of tears it up in Memphis next year, um, especially in the second half. You know, there's a little bit more room for him without having to make a trade uh, to cl- clear a spot for him. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. That's a good point. I, there's a lot of times like, I feel like we underplay some of the prospects at this point, and uh, you know that's coming from me, who's more of a hey, let's get immediate re- return. But yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, it's uh, I've always I also wondered too. You know, we we keep having the fourth outfield conversation, but what does that make Burleson? Because he'll be yeah. on the roster, but that also leaves the – I mean, you have the DH possibilities and, and all those things, and they, they like him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, I'm not really sure how, how the wording fits, basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is that a situation where, like I, – I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to – because, yeah, he's, he's probably going to DH, but, I mean, you can't – that's going to say you could, you, you know, maybe platoon him with um, Gorman, but they're both hitting left-handed, you know? I mean, if one's yeah. in the lineup, I mean, I guess if if Gorman's playing second, then Burleson can DH. But, you know, on days when you don't want to start Gorman, you know, are you going to, I mean, I don't know how that works. You know, you know, when you get into the, I mean, that maybe that, maybe he does get a lot of his time at DH um, this coming year. And, I mean, it's still possible that, you know, if the Cardinal if the Cardinals trade for a starter or a upper level reliever, which I don't think they trade for a reliever like that, but if they did trade it for like a if they got into the Dylan Seas thing or whatever, it really feels like Alec, Burl, Alec Burleson would be the guy that would go right yeah. because um, as much as they like him, he does have some underlying metrics that other people like or should like, and you know you don't if you trade Carlson like you said you you really are hurting your outfield defense. If somebody gets hurt or, or whatever the case may be, you know, having Carlson as your fourth is a lot better than having Alec Burleson as your fourth for defensive purposes. Yeah. So um, I I think that he would go in a trade that required talent to go back. Um, But, you know, I don't know that the Cardinals are going to do that. And and then, you know, again, Cardinals have five starters. Now the Cardinals, 
talked about it getting a couple of relievers. They got one in the f- Rule 5. They get one in this Tyler O'Neill trade. I, I still think they're probably looking for a little bit higher quality reliever, but you could make the argument that there's nothing else that's going to happen with the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's – it's uh, it, and this does this not line up to be one of those uh, <laughs> strange years to where here we are talking about you know we have there's four outfielders and we've had the conversation that there could be a fifth and you know you know Donovan could play could play the corners and may ultimately play left field if if things were to fall apart but you could have five guys and Victor Scott is the sixth. Um, that uh, that's coming in in February, right before they go to camp, they go and sign a, a veteran guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That you're thinking yeah. this makes zero sense that with the roster. Does it not feel like something like that may happen this year? It could. I think we're forgetting, you know, Richie Pelosius in this home. Yeah, you know, completely. That's a great point. That's a great. Point. I, but, I do. And uh, yeah, that's a fantastic point. And you know, even further depth of that, and and they would go and decide. And I, I'm not even saying an outfield. I'm saying anything. Period. Did that they'll sign and you're scratching your head like, what? I, we want to see the writing on the wall of why this happened type type deal. I I thought about that immediately because I was thinking, well, it's they're essentially done shopping. They could say that they're done. They're I mean, I'm fairly happy with what they've done so far, and and trust them enough to without even digging deeper or knowing what I'm looking at in the first place in a reliever to uh, trust the process that they're getting over somebody that's going to be that that's going to help the ball club and, and turn things around. Uh, maybe in the minority, I like the signings on the rotation. I'm, I'm content with that. Um, but I, I still, I feel like some level of, of churn could, could still help out. And, and I don't even know what that is, but you know, to call it quits kind of stinks, but in the back of my mind, I still think that we'll probably see something, and it'd probably be something that would seem just insignificant and and maybe even odd, and it's kind of something like that we had talked about. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked earlier in the year about or at the, early in the off season about the roster turn and what that was going to look like, and there's been quite a bit. I'm kind of scrolling through the the forty man roster, the active roster right now, and. You know, there's a lot of new names, um, but they're still not. I mean, besides the you know the, the starters, I guess that got added. It still feels weird, right? I mean, like they're new names, but they're like, why are they there? Type of thing. You know, they've picked up guys off the waiver wire. They've picked up guys in the Rule Five. They've picked up guys here in this Tyler O'Neill trade. But they, except for the rotation, you wonder if they've really. if they've even raised the floor, you know what I'm saying? I don't know that, you know, bringing in Jared Young and Buddy Kennedy and, you know, Riley O'Brien and guys like that, they're different names, but you know, how much are the results going to be different? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I guess my, I, I guess I'm content with what they've done because my expectations were fairly low anyway. Mm. Uh, and I don't know I, that, and that's not fair to anybody. And, and, and it, it, it kind of stinks to even say that, but uh, I, I trust that some of the things that have gone on behind the scenes, I think that those kind of things, the cultural issues are, are being, are being handled in some, and I trust the ways that they're being handled ultimately. I think that they're going to be better next year. I, I fully believe that last year was the outlier. Do I feel like, you know, this is the best team in the National League? I don't. I mean, you can still look at a loaded Phillies team and the Braves and, and all those guys, and that's not even counting the West Coast teams. But I do feel like they were improved in a team that can win the division. When you win the division, you you can do just about anything. Um, the uh, um, And as much, as much as we hate to say it, there's always the trading deadline as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some of that, right? Keeping your powder dry, blah, 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 which we never really like. And, you know, if you do enough in the winter, maybe you don't have to do as much at at that trading deadline. But, yeah, I don't – I don't know. It it was – I agree that we didn't necessarily have the highest of expectations. And I agree that the Cardinals could have, you know, run the same team out there and probably done better. You know, uh, the guys on – 
Cardinals off day were pointing out that like every pitcher hit like below their 20th projectile uh, percentile projection from um, I think it was um, zips zips projection. So the, the odds of all of these guys hitting that at one time were like infinitesimal to some degree. Um, and they're probably the best team in the national league central right now. That's just a very, I would think so. yeah. Um, you know, a lot of things still, you know, I mean, if, if for some reason, then it doesn't seem like they're in it, but you know, for some reason the Cubs got Otani, that shifts everything. Right. Uh, or if the, or if the red, even if the reds got, um, you know, a really, you know, if they got, if they went out and signed Blake Snell, that might put them in, in, at least uh, in the conversation of being the best team, right? Because they've got such a young, talented team that if they put some pitching with it, um, they could they could be right there with the Cardinals really quickly. Uh, in fact, you know, and then of course, then they get to go draft second next year, which is another another topic. Sure, um, but um, I don't know. So the return for Tyler Neal, we've kind of gotten away from that. Is uh, Nick Robertson, who did go on the 40-man, he started out as a Dodger prospect, moved to the Red Sox in trade, and then um, is now in St. Louis. He hasn't pitched a lot in the majors, but has a little bit of time. And then Victor Santos, who missed all of last year, it sounded like, with an injury. Um, he'll be in the minor leagues, not on the 40-man. I don't know. I'd have to look. I bet he'll be at Memphis, but I could be wrong. And it also... That Memphis rotation is getting a little crowded, so um, maybe not. But I, th- I think yeah. he's a starter. Uh, I, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a starter. So, I mean, did either one of those guys, were they interesting to you? Did that? Did anything stand out, or is it just like, hey, we had to get something back? Yeah, that's mine was more of a had to get something back. Now, as thorough as they are, I would think that, and the fact that it has taken a while, but I say a while, I and mean, it hasn't been ultimately that long, but we knew that he was going to be moved. Um, the, uh, I, I trust the fact that they, they got guys that they wanted. And mm-hmm. I think the bloom connection makes a lot of sense considering that they have three pitchers at the Red Sox or from the Red Sox organization. Um, the, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I trust the fact that it, I trust the, them by getting these relievers that they wanted and that they have done the research to do that. But on the flip side to me, I'm not even sure really what to look at for, for a reliever of that ilk. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not really sure just, you know, especially on a computer screen. I don't know. I've done more research while we've been on here than I, than I did all day yesterday because I just don't really don't know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Robertson's got pretty good fastball and there's some, there's some decent possibility in, in him uh, coming over. So that should be interesting to see. Um, again, you know, the Cardinals probably should be in the mix for another top. Cause I don't think you can take either one of the guys, even if there's a possibility they can be that you can't rely on one of those guys being your seventh, eighth or ninth guy. Um, and you're assuming, I, I mean, I guess right now there it's Romero, Gallegos and Helsley, but you got to have Helsley healthy. You got to have Gallegos pitching better than he pitched last year. And you got to hope Romero can continue to do what he did in the second half last year. Yeah. Um, not that they can't, not that that's necessarily a insane ask, but that is a lot of ifs too. And if you can get a guy that's got a little bit more experience in that back, and I'm not talking about like a Josh Hader or anything, but just somebody that can pitch a seventh or eighth, with you feel pretty confident in that's you know that's just better um, and i don't and i think that's i feel like the cardinals are still in the mix for something like that but then again they go out and get a guy that they think maybe they can do that you know maybe they just say well this is good enough yeah yeah that's that and a lot of times that's the ideology be i mean it, it the saving the money and, and moving the almost six million dollars off the books with the O'Neill, potentially with the uh, O'Neill move, kind of made me think that uh, are they going to be in the reliever market? But but I'm not sure. And we we talked about, it. and that would not it wouldn't surprise me if they signed one, if not two more players. But it is, uh, yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, it's uh, a lot of times they'll find uh, find options like this to fill a lot of those holes. 
Now, looking at roster resource on fan graphs, you know, right now they've got the payroll, not the luxury tax payroll, but the actual payroll, um, at about $175 million. Um, the Cardinals had said they were going to try to get it. They would thought they would be spending more in line with what they were going to be spending last year, which was going to be closer to like the $195-200 million. So they, in theory, still have, you know, $15, $20, 25000000 million left to spend. So I, I have to... I mean, I don't have to believe this because I could easily see them going into camp with this roster and saying they're saving the money for the trade deadline. But it does feel like they're going to do something else um, with that 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 money. Um, yeah, you know, I just I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's to take on a trade, but even if they take on a trade, you know, you're t- you're sending people out, and unless you're taking on a really high salary guy, which none of those guys seem to be the ones we're hearing about. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that hopefully they're not done. I, I hopefully they've got a plan. And part of that plan was freeing up a little bit of money with this kind of trade. Not that they didn't get, you know, quality back and not that it didn't clear up roster space, but it, it also freed up some money too. And hopefully they've got a plan for how to use it. Yeah, that's, I would think, I feel like the money play makes some sense. And, and, uh, I, I would think that they would sign it. What I'm saying, basically what I'm saying is that don't be, don't, don't expect to be blown away with what they do next, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to see how they would. I mean, and again, there's not a lot out there that I really want to, I mean, Obviously, I want them to get Yamamoto. That's probably not happening. Yeah. Um, you know, the Dylan Cease trade would be good, depending on what you give up. But I also wonder how that works. You know, I mean, again, what are you giving up? And how does that affect everything else? Um, you know, obviously, we, we, neither one of us has been necessarily that big on Snell. And it feels like very few people are for the guy that won the Cy Young. Um, so there, there's a lot of things that you know, the things that they would probably do wouldn't necessarily cost them that much. So, um, I, I don't know. Um, so we, I, before we get too far along, let's, they also had the rule five draft and I was a little bit surprised. They took somebody, you know, they took Wilking Rodriguez last year. Obviously that was injury situation. And, and now Wilking, you know, was back in the organization, but as a, as a minor leaguer, but they took a Ryan Fernandez from the Red Sox. And as you said, this is a lot of Red Sox guys. And it feels like that even if Bloom isn't working for them officially, he's definitely talking uh, to Mo over coffee or something of that nature. Um, a guy that has a lot of insight into the Red Sox organization. Um, were you surprised that they went and got a, a real five draft, a guy that, you know, again, they're going to have to kind of juggle around on their rotation in their, on their roster all year. Uh, to keep um yeah a little bit just because we we knew we had talked about a lot of uh of turnover in the 40 man there, there has been some but there's been a bit of, a lot of backfilling as well and then for, and to take a guy that that will have to be on the major league roster potentially without you know the the, the trade back did a little did surprise me a little bit um it kind of leads back to what we were just talking about i think of they're going to try to find any any uh, patchwork they can for a bullpen, and uh, you know, and save up for resources for you know something else down the line. So yeah, it did a little bit surprise me because because I looked at it the second time and I was like, well, that's that's the major league phase because nothing the you know the other phases are never brought up. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he struggled to AAA last year, but as he pointed out, he struck out thirty five guys and walked ten. Um, and apparently he can hit 99, uh, with his fastball. So, I mean, it depends. I mean, does, does can Dusty Blake kind of get him to figure out a little bit? Cause it feels like this is a guy that could do something, but he just, he needs some polishing and the Cardinals have had some trouble in, in the last little bit with pitcher development. So, you know, is this, is this kind of a test case for them? Um, and it is going to be interesting to see how that, you know, because if, if the team is, you know, if it gets down to, you kind of need everybody on, you know, if it's a tight race and you've got to carry this guy on your, and if he's not getting the job done, but you still have to carry him. I don't know. I mean, do they offer him back? Do they, um, you know, at some point in time, I, I don't know. I think that will be, but it's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Um, 
in the spring to, to see how he does. And then, you know, especially as the season goes on, cause I'm sure they'll start to start the season with him. Um, it was also the Cardinals took like three or four guys in the minor league section and nobody got taken out of the Cardinal organization, which is a little bit, I don't know. I mean, is that a, is that a bad thing? Is that just like nobody cares for any of the Cardinals minor leaguers? Is that, is that the idea? Or is just, they just made a really good job protecting people. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And yeah, the, <laughs> you know, I'm not certain. I, I felt like this has kind of been, has this not been the, the kind of the MO the last two or three years? Yeah. I, mean, I can't remember. It was somebody taken last year. I mean, that, you know, it was funny because those lists come out and I guess the fact that it's such a gamble to take somebody, the um um Bedell was the one that he was on a top five list of just about anything that mm-hmm. came out right after the non tenders yeah. and for him to not go you know it's uh I don't know it, it, I'm not really certain what to make of the Italian talent evaluation. Yeah, I was I was surprised that Bedell didn't go. I thought that somebody like a Pittsburgh, like a um somebody somebody Oakland something like that would have taken a chance on Bedell. Um, yeah. So I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that he's still in the organization. And then when you get into the minor league phase, I think there's a lot of guys that are protected that, you know, you're not really, you're not going to lose any, any top prospects or anybody really interesting there. It's just surprising that, you know, there was nobody that that was protected that they left unprotected. That was interesting to people, but you know, you get into the minor league, you're kind of looking some degree for, I think some depth pieces and stuff like that anyway. So, um, well, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to, to see that. And again, I mean, the, the Cardinals are going and adding pieces here and there. They've been very active. It just depends on you know your your thoughts about how how effective it's. it's yeah, going to be. there's um, going to be that natural skepticism too. Yeah, I mean, and you know, again, you know, if your season relies on a Rule Five guy, you're probably in pro trouble. We've yeah. seen some Rule Five guys be good. Now, don't get me wrong, but you know. You know, your your best, usually your best case scenario for the Rule 5 guy is he gets enough work in, you know, junk innings and, uh, in, in, you don't have to use him in big games. And, you know, he, he kind of figures it out on the major league level. Uh, the good thing about Fernandez here is um, he is um, at, he, well, he has already pitched at AAA. It wasn't one of these guys, and we've seen it. You know, we saw Cardinals have lost players before. The Padres took them twice. You know, out of out of single A or yeah. double A or whatever, and them. And I think that really stunts the development of those guys a lot of times. Yeah. But if you got a guy triple A, he's pretty close to the majors anyway. So you might be able to get something. You know, some in value. I'm a little bit surprised that the Red Sox didn't keep him, um, but I, I don't know their situation. They may just may just not have spot for him. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, no, you know, no telling. We always think that the the teams like the, like Oakland is why not just you know roll the dice. You know what yeah. I mean? It's relatively cheap for an organization like that. But yeah, there's there must be much more to the thinking than 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 goes in than than we realize. Draft lottery was the day before the Rule Five um, Cardinals had the fifth worst record in baseball last year. They had a. I think it was 8.3% chance of getting the top pick. And in just to show you that 2023 has no respect for the Cardinals, they wind up seventh in the draft. So they drop a couple of spots in the, with the lottery. And not only that, but do teams like 
well, the the Reds, who were a 500 team last year, who've finished, I think, they finished second in the division, I think. Um, third, I guess, probably. Somewhere in there. Uh, team on the rise gets to draft second. Um, a little bit, I mean, again, you don't know who's going to be out there. You don't know what's going on. But it's just a little bit disappointing when the Cardinals had at least had a chance for the top pick or even a top three pick uh, to then, you know, not only not get a top five pick even. Yeah, that's it. I was curious and I really wanted the chaos of getting the one to where the conspiracy theories really want to start it. I thought that was a point that we didn't touch on enough last week. Yeah, we just got to yeah. scratch the surface on it. But, but yeah, it's, it's one of those, the draft to me is it's awesome. And, and you look at uh, some of the names brought up and I honestly, there's going to be, some, some, uh, I, I am, I'm not sure on the high school level, the ones that I know, of course, the, the big one around here is it goes by the last name of holiday, you know, and mm-hmm. they, he's only a junior. So that's kind of what I was hoping that would kind of fall into place. But, uh, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of quality college arms that are coming though. And that has, that has really leveled out in the past few years to where college baseball is becoming a much more of a big league commodity than we've seen in the past. And, uh, and yeah, I, I was actually just looking over a kid from Louisville just now, big lefty that that will help somebody ultimately. And uh, and yeah, there's you could probably go ten ten names down the list of pitchers only that are really going to help. So yeah, as disappointing as it is, you know, you run into the situation of the signability type stuff. So you never really know. I could see them using the resource as well and really getting a good good arm. I would just, I would almost expect it to be an arm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I would, I would think so too, because there's a good chance for that, for that upper quality for uh, of arm. But, um, and you're right. I mean, Jordan Walker, you know, fell surprisingly, right? I mean, he wasn't supposed to. Um, Cardinals got a couple other guys. Uh, Nolan Gorman, I think, was like that way. They thought maybe I can't remember if they thought he was going to college or thought he he fell farther than expected. Yeah. So, um, you know, they can have a lot of people on their board and you know, they may still get somebody that they, they don't expect to get. Um, it, it is, you know, I, I, I've not, I haven't heard, I, I don't think this is necessarily the best of classes coming out, but it's still going to be, have great, great players in it. And hopefully the Cardinals can do it. And, you know, we've seen what Randy Flores can do in, um, with, with lower picks. So, you got to feel pretty confident that he's going to make a pretty good selection here at the top of the, of the draft. Yeah. 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 That's uh it's, it's exciting to be in the situation that they're in. Oh, ultimately after a, yeah, it's such a gross summer <laughs> to be able yeah. to, uh, to be in play for some of these kids, some of the guys that I, I think we'll be, we'll see on the college stage and a lot of these super regionals and potentially college world series. It's uh yeah, I'm excited about it. it it's uh, I was I was fairly content. Like I said, I wanted more of the chaos, but but uh, I'm curious to see what they can do with this with when they have such a big a talent. Well, and, and then we got to we we tend to focus on the first round, which is understandable. But you got to realize, you know, that means they're picking pretty high in every yeah. round except for the second, where they gave up the pick for for Sonny Gray. Um, so I, you know, it's it's a really good chance for them, to, especially to restock the pitching side of things. Um, Cause it feels like, I mean, you never know and you don't know what's going to happen with trades and, and players and stuff, but the hitting side of things seems to be fairly well in hand right now. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, you got a lot of young guys, young talented guys, but they definitely need those pitchers to come up. We've got Roby that they traded for. They've got Tink Hintz, Um, but there's just not a lot of guys with a, with buzz around them in the pitching side of things. And so hopefully they can, draft you know a few arms that can you know even if they don't move quickly can be you know high ceiling kind of guys yeah 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 that's very true very true that's and and he does seem to work very well under those parameters you know with if speaking of flores uh final news of the week it seems like uh, Yachty finally signs with the Cardinals. They finally figured out what he's going to do. And surprise, surprise, it's pretty much whatever Yachty wants to do. Uh, he's going to be a special assistant to John Mazalock, which is also the title they gave to Joe McEwing when they moved him out of the, of the bench role. And I'm sure there's others. You know, they've had a lot of you know, special assistants to the GMs in the past, Jason Isringhouse, and I think Brian Ludwig was. Uh, a lot of those kind of guys. Uh, but he's going to be in uniform sometimes. He'll be in the dugout sometimes. I 
think I heard maybe he'll do some minor league stuff. Um, you know, and he's going to work, you know, part-time. Um, it, I mean, I think it's really kind of the bulls down to the situation we expected out of Yachty. Yeah, no, I completely agree of all the, of all the, uh, of all the things that we went through and how some of these wouldn't make sense. And being in the dugout is almost too big of a, uh, spotlight put put in there with him coming back and we didn't think he'd travel every day to do that and one of those things that sounds like all those questions were being answered as well and why it, why uh, it took the time that it did to to close this deal but uh you know he's he he's back he's back in uniform he's going to be a presence again and and you know i have a feeling that it just grows from here yeah yeah um... i'm just unhappy about that i mean that's not i don't I don't, I, I don't want it to come off like that at all. I just, uh, yeah, I just feel like this is just tipping, dipping your toe in the water a little bit. Yeah. It, it didn't hurt to have Yachty in the organization at all, for sure. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I read someplace that apparently Ollie Marmol was lobbying for him to be back and be back in the clubhouse, which is interesting because there was, that was the kind of thing we talked about, right? If, if Yachty's the bench coach, it's a lot of pressure on Mar- on Ollie because people are going to then be clamoring for Yachty to be the manager, which I don't think people, and we've talked about it, um, necessarily understand what that means, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, what that might do to, to Yachty's kind of reputation or whatever. But, you know, it seems like Ollie was more than happy to have, have Yachty there and, and was excited about it. And I think, I mean, look, if, if and we, it, we keep getting hints that there was something wrong in the clubhouse last year. Uh, what, you know, whether it was, you know, too many, uh, you know, kind of laid back leaders and not enough, you know, fiery leaders, I, you know, whatever the case may be, I don't know, but there's no doubt that, you know, Yachty's going to bring the respect and, and command stuff. That's um, going to get people in line. Um, and, and you factor that in with, you know, a guy like Lance Lynn, who's also been around and, has that a little bit of a, a crusty reputation or uh, as well. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that, that does seem to be a focus for the, for the off for the off season. And it's going to be different than it was last year. What, you know, whether it will work or not, we'll see, but it definitely seemed like, um, you know, the clubhouse did not help. I mean, winning fixes everything and you win enough games that the clubhouse is probably going to be pretty happy, but um, you know, trying to get people through the tough times, you know, that may be what Yachty and, and Lance Lynn are doing. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there, there was definitely a mindset, uh, on how they, uh, on how they approach this off season, you know, and, and everything points to cold, you know, clubhouse culture problems, you know, while some will say that, hey, is, is are we sure that problem's not Marmol? We don't know. I, I'm skeptical of that because he's been in the organization for so long. I think he kind of sees the big picture. Um, he, but, but yeah, I mean, they, they approached it with, you know, they led off with a lot of these things of, this is somebody who wanted to be here. And that always, that would speak volumes to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And, and, uh, and it, it, I'll be curious to see how how big of a shadow he's gonna uh, he's going to uh, be in Molina. How uh, how big of a shadow he's going to cast on everything? And I, like I said, I don't I don't feel like this is in in negative light at all. This is mm-hmm. you know you know bringing in the you know almost the uh, um, this is the you know not I don't for lack of a better term bad cop per se you know yeah. to kind of tell it like it is because I feel like they've missed that since Okendo's been gone. Yeah, I think that probably does. I think, you know, when I was on with talking about birds this week, I kind of said that this kind of felt like a bit like the Willie McGee, bringing Willie McGee in, right? To to work, hopefully, I mean, Willie McGee's outfielder coach and, and now their base coach and other things like that, but um, he's going to be a guy, Yachty's going to be able to work with catchers, but he's also going to be... Um, you know, involved with um, all these different things. And he has that reputation and people love him and all that kind of stuff. So it does feel like, you know, taking an icon of a winning era, which is what McGee was, which is what Yachty was and helping them form the next one. 
Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I, 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 what kind of? I'm curious to see the presence in the spring. I think that will be the biggest marker because you know you see have a bunch of the former players in uniform anyway. So yeah. uh, just you know, just kind of see how it works. And and I mean, after last year, do we want to see them have a productive spring or productive? We we, <laughs> we want to see them having a winning spring. I'm not certain. Yeah, we don't. They don't need to win every game. Let's let's, let's put it that way. If they're not yeah. the uh, if they're not the champions of the Grapefruit League, that's fine. Uh, I think we're good with that. So, um, all right. Well, I do not expect that there will be a show in the next couple of weeks um, unless something significant breaks. Um, and maybe if, if uh, Yamamoto signs with the Cardinals, we'll have a show, I promise you. But uh, other than that, it may be – we'll try to have one more before the end of December uh, before Allen gets – into the baseball side and I'm bringing in all the guest hosts. Um, So we'll try to do one more after that, but until then for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Is there any point where that, well, I think right now I can tell you that we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be like household names or, or more of guys that just aren't likely going to be here next year.